What's up everybody? Welcome to Kiki with Cardolas and I'm super excited to bring to you today one of the most inspirational athletes that I've ever had the chance to work with, coach under and mentor under. Um, so Teresa Stanley here, as you can see, we just finished our Taekwondo class uh, virtually with everything that's going on with Corona virus, whenever you guys are watching this. Uh, she is a six degree black belt in Taekwondo. She's the executive director of the Phoenix Taekwondo Club, 11 time international competitor and all around boss babe, girl, warrior, on the go, literally. So thank you so much for coming and being a part of the show today. So for those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening, I wanted to bring you on because besides you do all the things, you do all the things very successfully. I think it is really important um, for people to hear your story of how you came into entrepreneurship, running in a, a, a company successfully, huge with lots of locations, and still being a fit mom and still doing the things that you love. Yeah, well, um, I, my husband actually founded the Phoenix Taekwondo Club in 1986, and when we got married in 2011, I actually was coming into the last year of my um, business degree, so I uh, have my degree in marketing, and I was, you know, talking about, okay, what opportunities do I have? At the time, I was working for the federal government, and there was opportunities in the um, private sector for me to move into marketing, and then we kind of had this conversation, because he was, you know, running the studio at the time, the head instructor, and there was, um, you know, he was kind of doing everything, uh, and I said, well, what if we did this together? And, you know, if I go full time here and, you know, build it as a business or as an organization together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love, I've been doing Taekwondo for 20 years. And it's something that I'm always been passionate about. All my, like, projects in school are all about Taekwondo <laughs> stuff, right? I've competed, I've been competing since I was young. And, uh, you know, they say, like, do what you love and you never work again in your life, mm -hmm. right? So if I could combine my passion with, my career that would be like completely epic <laughs> right and so it's like everybody's dream it's everybody's dream yeah and so i i made the leap and that was actually um a little like that was kind of intense because i was going from a very um like a good paying job um to jumping in where i had to now create mm -hmm. right and create and be part of an organization and part of my uh, job was to make sure that the company and the organization was running and that i could you know um, uh, get paid. <laughs> That's well, kind of part of it, right? I think that, I think it's important to know, like at that time when you had started um, looking at Phoenix Taekwondo, it was it was a passion. You know, yes. it was a, it was Master Stanley's passion yeah. of the art of um, training for Tan under General Troy, who's the creator and founder of Taekwondo. And it wasn't necessarily a big business picture. No, at that time, no, it was just this is what I love to do. Right. Right. So it was really cool for me to come in with my marketing brain and I can sit down and talk marketing stuff for like hours. It's like nerd out so hard. Um, and just how to create value and experiences for our athletes and for our community. And just mm -hmm. like ultimately here at Phoenix, we want to build great leaders. And if I can get more people doing that and building the organization, that's really what I care about, mm -hmm. right? So we kind of put his amazing taekwondo and his, he's very charismatic and like he just loves what he does. And then I also love what I do too for teaching, but I also really, really, really love like planning events and planning the marketing and all that kind of stuff. It just became this um, snowball effect where we just exploded. And now mm -hmm. at the time we had, I think only six locations and they kind of, it depends on things because in the summer, the smaller communities, they'll come and go. But um, now we're into nine locations 
and we're actually sitting in our um, brand new uh, St. Albert headquarters location where we moved from our 4,000-ish square feet to 8,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. And that was like the vision. It was the vision and it was on the vision board for so long and then now it's, it's here. Next vision. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So from a marketing brain in terms of, you know, I talk a lot with my clients and on the podcast of mindset of taking the leap. And I know that there are people who struggle with this and I've struggled with this. And we've had many conversations with this of leaving that security, leaving that safety, leaving, you know, that six figure, that really great, comfortable, secure job to do what you love. Um, walk me through the mindset and, you know, the faith and the belief and the steps from leaving very safe corporate government, mm -hmm. great benefits, to the leap of faith to building, you know, this huge organization to what it is now. Um, okay, well, comfortable and secure sounds bleh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like for me at the time when I was working for um, the public service, it just, that place, it was not my passion. And it was, um, part of it was I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I was, and you know, mm -hmm. it was just like going to work was like I would rather stab hot coke in my eyes than go to work, right? So it was <laughs> I'm sure people can relate oh, to that, <laughs> right? Not a happy place and not around great people, and so um, it definitely was a like a little bit of a scary jump because it is um, comfortable. You get used to this very comfortable place, uh, and that's actually not a great place for people to be in. I tell my athletes if it's not um, uh, challenging you then it's not changing you for the better, right? You need to be challenged. It's like, you know, we're diamonds, right? And we have to be put pressure to really um, become great. And so, you know, the mindset, I guess, I and mean, the work that went behind it was, um, no matter what, I can do this. And what worst case scenario, okay, I have to get a, you know, a side job. Like yeah. worst case scenario, what's the worst case scenario? Okay, well, I guess I go back to work if it's not exactly, you know, so, but, if you just keep focusing on that, what you love and that vision and walking through what it's gonna feel like. I've, and I've actually written blogs about this before, there's this um, concept of be, do, have. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be the person that, you know, um, does the things to have the things that you wanna have, yeah. right? So that, when I switched and kind of learned about that, I said, well, I'm, I want to be, you know, a martial arts instructor and I want to mentor, you know, women. I want to mentor girls. I want to mentor athletes. I want to be uh, a key leader in our community and building great people. And what do I have to do? Who do I have to be? And what do I have to do to make that happen? And so what I really like focused in on that vision and those feelings, it's interesting because the universe or whatever you want to call it, just like rains down. On Here the you go. <laughs> and the trap that you know, like sometimes you're like, oh, you gotta be prepared for what you're gonna be given and be ready to jump. And I really put out a lot of it to my husband because he's one of those people that it's like, yeah, we'll figure it out later. Great, great idea, let's do it. And then I'm like, how are we gonna do this? It's like, meh. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, and that's the thing when we talk a lot about, you know, energy and vibration and frequency and tapping into, you know, um, what it is that you love to do. You don't need to know how. Mm -mm. Sometimes you just need to know the why. Mm -hmm. You just need to focus on the why and onto the vision. And and so you know that being said, uh, you know you've you've left your corporate job. You've left the safety and security. You're really focusing on the vision. You are now starting into uh, growing and marketing Phoenix Taekwondo Club. You're an international competitor, and now you're pregnant. Oh. <laughs> Tell me, you know, and I think, I think, you know, because you, you mentioned a couple of things, you know, like, it, you know, it's good to get out of your comfort zone yeah. and because and if it's not challenging you, it's not changing you. But you said something really important and powerful. And I think that's important if you didn't catch it, 
is that if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you for the better. Mm -hmm. And that I think people are afraid of change. You know, yeah. that's, you know, it's not in our control. We're not sure what's, what's to expect. And so all of these things are happening in your life. You're having a family. Mm -hmm. More change. Yes. You know what? Um, the becoming a mom, it's like you have these things and then you also have to do it while somebody's throwing up stuff at you. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, I, and when I first started, like when I first had, I got pregnant and then I, when my daughter was really little, like I really struggled because I'm like that, you know, goals and vision and, you know, big thinker and I have these plans and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny how the universe works because they're like, you need to calm down here and just, you know, mm -hmm. calm down. Right. And so my daughter, um, she was is hilarious but um if you have the chance pepper is hysterical she <laughs> is it always knows it's like the universe like in her conspire to tell me when i'm going to you know too crazy or something and then they, they kind of hold you know bring you back down there i think right but in all honesty like kids are um you know now there's this human that you have to actually feed and look after mm -hmm. and um I, I, when I was, yeah, in that first couple of years, I really struggled with being that mom, being that, you know, CEO or executive director, like mm -hmm. that boss life, right? And, and uh, you know, what does that look like? And, and always being exhausted and always feeling like I had to go 100 miles an hour. And, you know, and then I'm, okay, um, how can I get this all done? The house, the mom, the this, the whatever. And then, you know, obviously I have an important meeting and she's super fussy all night, so I'm exhausted. Like, so it was interesting because when I kind of switched my mindset to well, what if this was easy yeah right but does it have to be like that does my daughter does raising a girl have to be hard right and I kind of just switched gears a little bit and does you know being a mom uh and a CEO like what do I really feel and what do I really need to be doing right now and uh I kind of switched to you know my business is a baby and my daughter is a baby and I can ask for help yeah. for both right and I think that's a big ego struggle with a lot of moms is or to be fair maybe you don't have something for help and so I've always told my mom like you know moms that I know I'm like hey you know you can ask for help right like I know my one girlfriend I know she was her husband worked out of town I was like hey do you want me to take the kids right so if you can be that mom to help we're gonna be that community because as business women know that sometimes you just need a couple hours to do calls and mm -hmm. the best solid that you could do for somebody is take their kids for a couple hours. And I think this is an abundance thing on, on the universe. Mm -hmm. Don't say no. If somebody offers, take thank it. you, right? That's the universe saying, hey, yeah. I'm giving you some time. Yeah. Like this person's like offering to look after your kids for a couple hours, take the time, don't feel guilty. Well, and that, and that you bring up a really good point because I think a lot of it is, is the perception that we tell ourselves. It's the story that we tell ourselves, you know, and I, I'm not a mom, so I can't attest, but I can attest to being busy um, and it being hard is that almost 90% of the people that I have talked to, a couple that have had kids, um, it's, oh, you know what it's like? They're up all night. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Well, and it's almost become, I don't want to say an excuse, but it's the story that we tell ourselves mm -hmm. that I have to, I'm supposed to feel this way. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to feel this way. I'm allowed to be like shit or be tired or not focus on my goals. Mm -hmm. And so when I know, especially, I would love to hear your opinion being an 11 time international competitive. And you know, that's not just 
you know, going downtown and competing in, you know, a like tournament. This yeah. is international stage, high level competition, high degree of competition, you know, not a color belt, you know, still at a black belt to, to leave the ring and still be building, you know, the or Phoenix organization and still being into fitness yourself, mm -hmm. you know, having to quote unquote, come to a halt to now be a mom, mm -hmm. you know, it is the, the shame and the guilt and, and the thought. And I think a lot of women struggle with that is balancing fitness and mom and they almost feel like they can't do fitness anymore. Right. Well, you know, our bodies do change a little bit and I think there's a lot to be said to honor that and be okay with that. Um, that was one thing that I did struggle with was my body changed a lot. I'm not a big person and my daughter was 10 pounds. Like I'm like five foot two. <laughs> so <laughs> that is all I, I had to have surgery, I had to have a C-section. So there was a lot of stuff that just, I had to reheal and, and as an athlete, you know, all those years of building that, um, kind of went down the drain, but I guess there's a lot of, to be said to just like, it's okay. There's, there's nothing that can't heal with a little bit of time and a little mm -hmm. bit of love, right? And so, um, becoming like a fit mom, it's, I would say it's definitely a state of mind, right? Because even if you just do a little, and remember, it's not about like, you know, the Insta, right? Yes. Being a fit mom, like, ugh, right? Like, Hashtag fastest oh cardio. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> it's about being able to, you know, lift your kids onto that stupid bike again, right? <laughs> it's those things. It's being healthy and being able to do what you can to, you know, um, just be energized. And I think part of it is, is having the energy to keep up. And sometimes I feel like we spiral because, you know, we're tired, but then we're tired because we stayed up late drinking wine because we're stressed out because mm -hmm. this and whatever, and I'm not in no way saying that, you know, kids aren't stressful, but I think there's a lot to be said of taking a deep breath and having a practice and incorporating things that are going to help you um, vibrate at a higher frequency that will help you um, raise great kids and handle stress that comes with that. Because, yeah. you know, like they are a challenge and they'll like to challenge you, but I think if we can um, uh, meet it, with great and you know loving vibrations we maybe don't have to turn to you know a bottle of wine or or you know cheetos in front of netflix for two hours to unwind yeah. <laughs> right so uh it's definitely like it's a mindset a mindset shift and i, I always go back to that be do have what do i want to have mm -hmm. what do i want to have i want to be energized i want to be able to play with my daughter i want her to actually see me as somebody who looked after themselves and was playing with her and was, you know, playing sports with her and being active and healthy and cooking with her. I don't want her to see me as somebody who's like, you know, not active or always, you know, mm -hmm. that like stressed out. And that. I didn't want her to see that. Right. Because children, um, they don't do what we say. They do what we do. 100%. Right. So there's a lot of, you know, and some people might not like, like, what I'm saying, and I apologize, but it is true. <laughs> this is uncensored as fuck podcast. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's hard. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'm politically correct, but I'm like, you don't. Well, let's just say it. I'm just you just say it. <laughs> but I think you know what it is. You know, and it's I agree. Like it's not to say that there's not hard days, mm -mm. and that sometimes you know you just need a half an hour and you want to have a glass of wine, and that's great for you. But we do need to be cognitively aware of how we're presenting ourselves for ourselves and for children. And I've talked about this on another podcast previously too, is that especially when it comes to body image, 
and to health. You know, what is what does your health routine look like? Not only for you, because they're watching you. Like you said, they're watching oh everything you do. And you know, having um, been in martial arts training under you for the last, I think, six years. I don't even know how many years now. Five, six years. Uh, Pepper's always, you know, Pepper's been in the club lots as a student and as coming there and the amount of independence that she has and personality that she has and confidence, which I know we're going to talk about yes. um, in this episode as well too, because of the way that you've shown up for yourself and shown up for her, you know, truly is a testament that we really need to be aware of, of what we're doing, you know, and like also, you know, for fitness too, of um, after Pepper, you, you went into bodybuilding. I did. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was a whole thing. It was interesting because at the time, the place that I was training, uh, they were doing a lot of bodybuilding out of there. And I learned a lot. Like, mm -hmm. bodybuilding uh, taught me a lot, and I kind of nerded out on the science and stuff behind it. Um, please don't do that if your mind is not ready for it. It's, it's awesome. It was super fun. I learned mm -hmm. a lot. It was interesting how the science works to get you on stage. But it is not uh, a place to build your confidence. You need to be confident before... And love yourself before you hit the stage. That's my recommendation for that. One hundred percent. Yeah, like you gotta love yourself first. But yeah, no. As far as kids go, like um, with Pepper, I I want her to be confident and, and like you said, actually body body image. That's mm -hmm. huge. And I grew up in a um, so my mom's from the Philippines, and she uh, had a lot of family and friends who were very just that's how they were. They were always like you know pointing out flaws in body image and I a lot of my Filipino family was like that where they point out things like that were just part of me like for me it was my nose were too flat my skin was too dark um you know don't go in the sun your skin will get dark I'm like so <laughs> right or you know don't eat that because you're gonna get fat and so like those words at, you know, I remember being like six or seven years old and being concerned with eating too much because I didn't want to get pudgy Right, and that's that. My daughter's six now, and I hear some things that she sees at school, but I know that the way that I portray um, fitness and, and my body image is going to be more important than some of the stuff that she'll get because then you know that's fundamental, right? And from the people that she's surrounded with that she considers family, and so I don't point out, you know, when she asks me about like, mom, how come you have like a jiggly belly? I'm like. Cause you were 10 pounds, right? I'm like, that skin doesn't go back then, but it's okay, it's okay. Like, it's just how I am. You know, why do you, I don't know, have gray hairs? I'm like, mm -hmm. that's just how I am. And so I try to make it that, it, it doesn't matter what flaws you have or, you know, I, it's okay. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's, it's, and it's powerful to not put a good or a bad mm -hmm. on it. And we talk about this quite often with food. Um, you know, from the coaching that I've done, the coaching that you've done, is that there is not good food, there's not bad food, there's optimal, less optimal, right? There's idea, you know, um, in terms of conditioning and performance and how's it gonna make you feel? How's it gonna make you feel, That's right? You know, and yeah. while I, a large component of food for sure is, you know, fuel for for your workouts and for performance and for competition. It's it is a social thing. Like you yes. should love it. You should love, love what you're food. doing, oh right? My God. Yeah, it's extremely cultural. So, and again. Um, you know, know, knowing you and knowing Pepper and the whole exercise and health and fitness, um, you guys have been in, you were in Strong Magazine. I was, twice. Her. Yeah. Twice we were in there. Um, first one was, uh, it was her and I standing in front of the mirror 
and uh, but I was meeting twice. Sorry, I, yeah, her and I were like doing like flexing in front of the mirror, and then I just posted like you know my strong moment, and then they they loved that. They were like, oh, that's great. So they actually spotlighted us yeah. in uh, strong as you know us doing our flexing. So that was kind of cool, that's right? Crazy. No, but you know what? With the food, that's a huge deal because I think. Um, for young girls and stuff with their body image is like oh you know that food's gonna make you fat that food's gonna that's not good for you that food blah, 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 right and I that, again that was programming that I received when I was a, um, uh, a girl and that kind of came up even into my adulthood where mm -hmm. I was like oh I don't eat that and then when I did bodybuilding there's only a very set amount of food so you know you get really like locked into oh my god I can only have this and I cannot have that and that's bad and I just, I, I fell into, I never told anybody this, actually, you guys are probably the first to know, but after my, or during my second bodybuilding um, campaign, it was a three-month campaign, like, I was probably borderline depressed. Like, I probably should have saw a doctor, actually. I was very unhappy. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I, I really, it took a lot to, like, get up and go, and I had to take a lot of naps. And, you know, my husband was like, hey, is everything okay? And I'm like, yep, yeah. you know, but that's what everybody does when... They don't want to share that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a certain amount of shame that goes with that, and so I realized I'm like, this is not, um, this is not what I want to do. And so I, I, there was like a moment about a year ago, year and a half ago, where I decided that I wanted to eat food again. I didn't want to weigh all my stuff. Now again, I, I I'm gonna put Katie on this. If you have specific goals, if I'm mm -hmm. gonna train and I'm gonna go compete. I have a very specific list of food and the reason that I do that is because I need to be able to um, you know train for hours on end and I have to recover fast and so there's a very specific diet that I'll go on but it's um, it's it has a purpose right and I'm okay with that for the three months that I yeah. need to do and it has an end game right well and that's the thing and that's the thing to be really and again this comes down to mindset again too and we talk about this coaching hats, right? Mm -hmm. of, of where you're, you know, sometimes you're on mom mode, sometimes you're on instructor mode. Um, you know, we quite often talk about, you know, the lines of dealing with somebody as a student, dealing with somebody as a business partner. Um, you know, when do you have to be athlete? When are you just enjoying food? And so, especially when it comes to health and fitness, you know, obviously for, you know, that's what I specialize in and coaching people. And I know that you've coached people in the past too, is that you, you have to work on your mindset. You can't just walk into a competition or a tournament or a diet or a lifestyle and just be like, yep, I just want to lose weight or I'm just going to go get ready for this tournament. It has to be very structured and there has to be mindset and inner work and inner alignment of this is what I'm doing. It is for this goal and it does not define me, nope. which is important. And so, because I know, again, you know, we um, are particularly, we're more carb heavy because of the sparring and that we will do eight to 10 rounds to practice, mm -hmm. um, you know, even though our rounds are typically only two minutes, but because of the, you know, and the extra conditioning and the extra drills and plus the pattern technique and plus the board breaking and plus running and sprints for conditioning and those types of things. And many athletes will be, and I'm sure at the executive international level, it was even more so, but to have an understanding of that, this, this is my purpose, this is my goal, this is what my schedule is, and then to know that like when you're done, it's okay to be done. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle, especially in bodybuilding. Yes. Is that when you're done the show, that the show does not define you, no. that the performance does not define you, and you can go back to eating food. Yes. And one of the things is that, you know, when I weigh in before a tournament and I'm making a weight that I have to make, 
like that's not my normal weight. I try, you know, to get, cause I have to get quite light cause I'm, I'm not very tall, right? So, um, you know, I'm gonna look a certain way that, you know, me, I know back in time, like, oh, you know, I can see all my muscles and I look really lean, but then, you know, to keep that lean from me, well, then I have to skip the freaking mini donut from the market. <laughs> Ugh. And I'm like, what do I care more about? Do I want to yeah. have, you know, enjoy the experiences in moderation? Like, I'm not going to eat a whole tub of mini donuts because guess what? I'm going to feel like garbage after. And then it would make my experience feel like garbage, right? But to have like a little bag and enjoy this and enjoy that and just, you know, go back to the next day eating things that I need to eat, you know, for the fuel and enjoying things, um, especially like for us, uh, like my family, a lot of culture, right? So there's a lot of beautiful food and I don't want to put a bad food stigma on any of that. Mm -hmm. Like I love that food. My grandma made that food, mm -hmm. right? My mom made that food. I'm not gonna be bad and I am gonna eat it because it's beautiful and it was made with love. And so there's a, definitely a difference, but it goes back down to, you know, okay, in three months I need to compete. So I need to do all these things um, to be that athlete on the stage. And so if I, I gotta be that person and that person's going to have to eat, you know, here and here and here, but I don't have, after that's done, I want to be happy and healthy and strong and proud of myself. So it doesn't mean I have to keep eating this really rigid diet and be scared of food. And, and you know what, I, if, if you're really struggling with that today, I would um, love to say, see if you can give yourself permission to look at food as an act of love as opposed to just macros <laughs> yeah right like i you know i'm not gonna lie there's still a few things that i weigh because if i don't weigh them i'm totally not honest yeah <laughs> have you ever weighed it's a real serving of peanut butter it's embarrassing yeah, it's... i'm just like ah right <laughs> yeah and ice cream like i know you, there's things where it's good to know the <laughs> serving size but yeah. you know you gotta like for those of you guys who are going into intuitive eating and stuff you still gotta know like because you know you're your body oh yeah maybe i'll have a little bit more and then yeah. it ends up being more than what you actually need and then you'll yeah. feel good and then you know so it, it's something that you eventually learn but and so yeah. what was the shift for you when you were going through this difficult time you were not really happy with how you're feeling um you know you're feeling low energy having to nap kind of struggling borderline depressed what was the shift what was the realization for you uh, you know what i'm sure it was through um like some of the books that I was reading at the time and just some of the personal development that I was doing. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, like I did, um, I'm currently working with one coach and he's like, what do you love? Like, what would you love? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'd love this and I'd love that. And he's like, well, why don't you approach everything in your life? Like, what would I love? And I said, well, you know, these experiences with my daughter at this age, I'm not going to get those back. And so if we go down to, you know, the market or go to Katie's or something like that, you know, I want to experience a little bit. And sometimes she would ask me when I was in the bodybuilding, like, why don't you eat that? What's wrong with it? Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh. Um, so I'd have to say, oh, you know, I don't still want it right now. But it was like, she was excited when we got to share like a Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to get like beat myself up for having a half a Sunday. Yeah. Right? Like we yeah. would fight for it. And so I just, I kind of moved into this place of awareness where I just wanted to um, come at food now with, more of a love than a restriction because mm -hmm. I was finding that I'm kind of a rebel and when people tell me what to do I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because I'm in martial arts but that just like hones down the rebellion but uh like I wanted to 
um, just experience more things and I felt like I was uh, and it's funny because it, it is around food but even with other things I was like well you know I I want to uh, do yoga more I don't want to have to like kill myself at the gym all the time I want to do mm-hmm. something I like more you know and just kind of um, comment everything. make fitness fun yeah <laughs> I want to comment everything with just more intention and be more present and just having fun with it and as opposed to like hating what I was doing was, yeah. that is not a way to live man Yes. And so that being said, it was a really, I noticed the transition myself from, from the business stuff that we do together on the business side of the, this very evident conscious shift of you throwing yourself fully and full heartedly into the passion of the club, mm-hmm. of growing that club. And there was, um, I know there was some, some parts of your brand that previously that you would kind of let go that you, you loved and they're a part of you and there's still things that you were doing, but that was not where your, your vision and your mission and your passion was. And so I would love to hear the, I guess, you know, the mindset, the steps and the shifts in terms of an entrepreneur or anybody else who's listening or watching on on twofold from number one, being a woman Mm -hmm. and directing a very successful, very large and profitable community and club. So, you know, from a business side Um, and again, and, you know, the mindset behind quote unquote, leaving an identity behind and really aligning with who you are creating everything that you have now. You know what? That's it was an interesting shift because again, I've been doing a lot of work and so my you know, a recommendation is to do the mindset work, um, because you'll it's interesting what you discover. And I you know, I had a few things, I had a blog that I was dabbling in and that kind of stuff and I just felt like I wasn't really hundred percent committed to anything in particular because everything was always busy and there was always little things for everything and I just it was like I couldn't focus on one thing and um you know, they say where your intention goes, your energy flows. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way you look backwards. Mm-hmm. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's, no, yeah, right. Intention goes, so your energy flows. Yep. I, w- I was really starting to feel um, just all over the place. And, you know, I wasn't in alignment. My alignment, it was like, it was like a compass just spinning, 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 spinning. And I didn't know where I was. I was dropping plates. Wasn't happy with the directions that I was going. And obviously I was still working here. Mm-hmm. Like I was still doing everything yep. here. But then I had a couple other things on the go and it was just, there wasn't enough time and it was just a lot of um, resistance. There was a lot of resistance I was getting. Mm-hmm. I couldn't seem to um, get like my um, traction, right? And so I, I kind of thought back and I said, okay, well, what, what would I really love? Like what, what am I really great at and what do I feel like my calling really is? Like for real, for real. But it was cool because actually when we started doing Girls on Fire, yes. which is our confidence program here for girls ages age 12, that was actually right around the time where I felt mm-hmm. like everything together. Because when we came Because we did it, and then you're like, oh this my is God. what I need to do. Yeah. This, like there was a moment, there was like yeah. a moment where you're like, well, this is it. <laughs> our, first, our first workshop, we had what, I must, we must have 30 or 40 people. 35 people, yeah. Yeah, and these girls were just, loving it and basically what we did with the, the workshop is just some activities we did some self-defense and just all about giving them you know a little bit more belief in themselves right because there's a, you know the, um, mental health and and body image and all that kind of stuff is coming younger and younger and younger right increasingly to, younger you know, it's scary internet the access to information that kind of stuff right so um when we did that i was like hey there's something here we can help people here mm-hmm. and then for me there was a real shift and i said okay if we pursue this project, I gotta get really, really laser focused. Yeah. 
really focus. And I had a great conversation with my husband and I just said, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to fold some of this stuff that I was doing in the past. I love it all. And I'm, you know, I'll continue to maybe help a few people here and you know, like that they would become more hobbies now, yeah. right? Like, you know, hobbies of things that are just interests to me where Girls on Fire and along with the martial arts club and just that became, um, where I wanted to go and what was really, the universe was really pulling me, uh, with very little resistance, like if any, there was no resistance. It was, it's we're going this way and this is where your heart needs to go. And I was like, okay, right? So that was a real shift for me right around that yeah. time. Well, and I think that's yeah. really important too, especially if anybody's listening or watching as an entrepreneur or a woman in business or a man in business, doesn't matter. Is it a hobby or is it a business? How are you going to approach it? Absolutely. And if it's a hobby, it's probably costing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right like it's costing you more than you're bringing in and you know in the initial stages of an entrepreneur if you're a new business you know yes you're going to be paying out because you there's investments to be made but over time it should pay itself back you know mm -hmm. whereas um, for me there was things that yeah I was doing I was doing I was doing and they were just they were costing right so that was a shift but um, if you can get into the business and you really get focused on you know and, and know this is where I need to go then you can get, you know, roll the sleeves and get to work, right? Mm -hmm. And then, it, you know, it'll, you'll know, you'll feel it. You'll feel it, yeah. yeah. So, Girls on Fire, mm -hmm. the most like epic, like small idea, like, hey, so just I wanna idea. create this thing. Like you in? To, yeah. Like, hey, wanna do this? And you're like, yep. I'm like, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm always in, I'm down. So, I, so again, you know, same thing, you know, another entrepreneurial, you know, um, you know, single-handedly, you know, starting it, creating it, you know, bringing myself on board. I think, yeah, it was just you and I who yeah, did, I just, did, like, did the first that. one. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, the vision, that figure out the how later, like, you know, follow the why. Um, I would love to hear twofold, again, from a business side, with Phoenix and with Girls on Fire, marketing, the vision, how mm -hmm. much of it, you know, again, is mindset, intention, because um, I talk about this a lot with businesses, like you have to lead with your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to you have to have good intentions. You can't be about the money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and if anything, I believe, you know, the, the Phoenix Club is a huge representation of the phenomenal leadership that you and Master Stanley have provided along with, you know, your head instructors who are fourth downs and third downs, um, you know, second downs as myself, you know, those leadership people team, you know, creating a community and creating a culture, you know, and so I guess, you know, that too, you know, um, the mindset shift, leading with intention, um, and culture. Yeah, you know what? Uh, people stay for the community, right? People want, they want to be involved. They want to be part of something. They, you know, people don't come here just to do Taekwondo and, you know, it's cool at first and they start learning stuff, but they really stay when they find um, people that they fit in with and they're mm -hmm. excited to see at the end of, you know, at the club that night, oh, you're training today, okay, cool, right? There's a lot to be said there. And uh, you know you build friendships and and uh, people to hang with and uh, just people that do what you do and it's really cool to see that kind of happen. But you know, Girls on Fire, uh, that actually started when I heard a mom tell me that her eight-year-old daughter had like suicidal thoughts, and mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, back the truck up. You're eight years old. You shouldn't even know what that is, right? Like, well, how did that even get into your brain as a thing? And so I was like, we need to do something about this shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this is not good. This is not happening. Not on my watch. So, yeah. you know, that's where the idea of um, just going and, and, and trying to serve people. And 
you were just, you know, when we said that we're filming this um, kind of in light of uh, the conditions of the COVID-19 and so on, where there's a lot of people that are struggling uh, right now with businesses as businesses are shut down um, through the government. And, you know, there's nothing that we can do. That's a fact right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, you know, when I was meditating, it's definitely really easy to get pulled into that rabbit hole. 100%. Right. Of, yeah. Oh my God, you know, how am I going to do this? And how, you know, and there's definitely facts and there's things, but there's, you know, Marie Forleo says everything's figure outable. If it's not figure outable, it's a fact or a law of nature. Yeah. Right. So it's always a way. I uh, you know, from a marketing standpoint, and, you know, business standpoint, when you're building your your business and your community, I said, okay, well, I'm a community club, community leader. What can I do as a community leader if I can't technically run classes right now? Well, I can run them online, and that's what we just did. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are still paying to do that, and that's you know um, important because you know we, the, the the financial side. It's just energy. Money is just energy, right? So it's just a, a transaction. So there's people that are still paying for those services because they love them. But now it's like, okay, what else can we do? You know, how else can we serve? And if you kind of come from a mindset of how can I serve people? How can I serve my community? How can I do that better? Um, how can I add more value to somebody's life? And then we start like doing your business planning and your event planning all the time. How can I make this experience better for people with, you know, what I know and what I have and who can I reach out to, suddenly your business planning goes in a different direction as opposed to, I need to make $500,000 this year or whatever. Yeah. That, again, that's super boring, first of all. <laughs> it's hard I mean, and it's stressful. It's very stressful. It's extremely stressful. Right? Like, and it's, you know, unless you're an accountant, it's like, ugh, snooze, right? Yeah. But when I say, okay, how can I serve more people? Then technically the, the energy comes with that, yeah, the rest right? Comes. So, you know, because money is a very um, real part of what we want. We want to be able to have money to, to reach more people. That's mm -hmm. the point, right? Mm -hmm. When we have more resources, we can help more people. And if you can come at your business in that sense, it just, it, there's a, um, a real uh, service, love, and, you know, a different energy behind it. And you can, I think the universe, like, it answers you. Yeah. Right, it'll send you those answers when you're coming from that place of love and that high vibration. And so, Girls on Fire really started as a small. We we did a, a workshop in the dojo in yes. the in the Taekwondo club. Um, you know, in the old club. Yes, I've been old. Gone now. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was you know like we just came up with a plan and we were just like this is what I love to talk about. I we, we made fun treats and yep. we had Zumba and we yep. combined our martial arts experience and you know taught the kids to, um, self defense moves yep. and they had an absolute blast. You know, and fast forward to now um, two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two years. Oh, two yeah. years. Wow. Um, you know, we've done I think five small workshops, one big large conference, right. and we were booked for our we second. We did six month. because we did the one in September. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. I lied. Six. Yeah. So you know, six workshops, and again, um, how, how important is consistency? Oh, huge. And you know, and that in terms of building a business. Huge, because you know, you need to show up. You got to show up. You got to show up. Right. Mm -hmm. On a marketing standpoint. Consistency is one of the biggest things. Um, again, we're in the middle of the you know the, the COVID right now, and but you still see people marketing, and like you know even though you can't come to their store, they're still promoting. And this is like some of the larger stores. Why are they still promoting? Well, because they still want to be top of mind and be consistent, right? And so as a small business person, if you, you know say you're in that condition, you'd still be promoting yourself in some way, right? But yeah, as far as um, girls on fire, like you have to. 
uh, once you're like building that brand, like you want to continue and you, you know, you kind of get people's like, uh, they kind of get their, their feet wet and they kind of feel you a little bit and you will, and then there's a certain promise that comes with it and what mm -hmm. those are going to look like. And so you, you know, you want to keep delivering and delivering and delivering and then like coming from a point of how can I get even better? How can yeah. I do this better next time? Um, the conference is a really cool manifestation actually because after our first couple uh, events and they were sold out within like, it, like immediately instantly. Like, it was, <laughs> we didn't have to do much to sell out those small oh. workshops because there was a lot of drive and again a lot of heart that went behind them and I said to our event planner Doreen from Kylie Creative I said Doreen we had a like three hour conversation like this is my vision you know I want to see a hundred girls together in a sea of pink I want them to be having fun and energy to be super high you know I don't want it to be really heavy I want it to be lighthearted I want them to feel empowered and, and like a rock star when they walk out of the um, the event that day and literally exactly what I wanted manifested last year on April 28th um, 2019 mm -hmm. so it was awesome and we were um, it, everything that I envisioned happened um, which was really exciting and, and there's a lot of um, work that goes with that and just knowing you know, and being open to that happening. So in 2020, we are postponed a little bit, but it's cool. I already, um, been, it was supposed to happen on May 3rd, um, and I had refunded everybody, and I just said, oh, well, you know, we'll figure it out. But uh, we sold, God, we were, I think, 40% sold. Mm -hmm. and it Without was, even advertising. <laughs> we didn't even start advertising yet. We were already 40% sold out. And it was really cool, and it was a gift from the universe after, you know, I, I, had, a, I had a few moments when um, everything kind of came crumbling down in March where I had to you know, pull the plug on, on our tournament, mm -hmm. um, but all the girls on fire. And uh, a few days later, somebody bought tickets for the September one and I was like, oh, it just felt so good. Because the vision's still there, the energy's still there, and I'm still visualizing what that event's gonna look like every day. Well, I think it's important too for those, um, for anybody that's local that might be interested in Girls on Fire or being a part of the brand as it continues to grow um, and you know starts to grow internationally, um, is that there's n there's nothing like this mm -hmm. on the market, um, and I still remember to this day from the very first workshop that we did. And again, you touched on this. It's you know ages eight to twelve. Um, it's building confidence, having a healthy relationship with food, because the kids are dieting now. Ugh, you know they're already of like I need to be skinny, I need to be pretty, I can't have this. You know we don't want to live in a world of can't. Um, you know, and, and building that confidence and building self-defense because, yeah. you know, particularly, you know, as both being, you know, really strong um, leaders in women empowerment and strength, uh, we want them to be confident now because that confidence carries on with them. But I remember a mom approaching me and saying, I wish I had this when I was young. And so, you know, it's a, again, it's a true testament of you listened to your audience. Mm -hmm. You know, you would listen, you would heard that there was an eight-year-old that was having suicidal thoughts. And you, and you respond and you give them what they needed. And sometimes your audience doesn't know what they need right. until you give them the solution. And you know, it's no different in coaching through health and fitness too, is you know, like they come to me and like, oh, you know, I want, I want to do a diet. And then we have these, you know, mindset deep dive calls and they're like, oh my God, I have no self-worth and self-esteem because of all of this tragedy in my past, mm -hmm. you know? And so again, you know, you really do need to listen to your surroundings and, um, you know, Girls on Fire is going to, is one of those things that has a ripple effect. Oh, huge. You know, and, you know, and to their friends and to their moms and to their aunts and, you know, and then to that, you know, whole family dynamic as well. And you speak highly about this lots within, the, again, you know, Taekwondo Club, building great leaders and building mm -hmm. great people. Um, 
I know you've encountered many situations of, um, again, if you, I'd love to hear, uh, touch on confidence in martial arts from in the club, because it's, it's sometimes night and day, these kids coming in and out of the door. Oh my gosh, I have one little girl. Um, she's not little anymore. <laughs> she's like 16. But when she started, she was in our kids program. She was about four at the time. And she cried every class, like every class. Like, I mean, she, she had like anxiety um, as a, uh, a little girl. And her parents were really gentle, but very like stern. And I like, no, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And so sometimes she would just sit there and cry for 45 minutes and, you know, good job today, right? It's okay, you got in the door, right? And now she's one of the girls that is developing into a top athlete. She's a regular coach here. She's, you know, a secondary black belt. Um, you know, regularly runs uh, training, you know, like the little kids now. So she was that little little kid in that same program, but now she is teaching. And so it's really cool um, to see that life, you know, it's almost like a butterfly, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's this little, little worm, <laughs> your little caterpillar, and then just for them to um, grow and become this beautiful butterfly that you see. And it's really cool to see them become confident people. And I'm, it's funny because I'm like, oh man, I've been here for a long time. <laughs> because so many of my little guys are you like know, big have, guys. Like they're not little guys anymore. You're big guys. You know, you, you know, you can pick me up, right? So it's cool to see them grow into really great humans. You know, and I'm really proud of that. And so my end game, you know, for Girls on Fire, if I ever wanted to have something happen, was you know, in 20 years from now, somebody who went to that conference um, and their life changed and their you know, what they believed in themselves changed and they always remembered stuff that we, they learned at that conference to tell me that that made a huge effect for them, you know, 20 years from now. Yeah. And, you know, and that how that changed the trajectory of their life. And so that's the ultimate goal, mm -hmm. right? So uh, um, to, to close off, I guess, you know, what would be your top three tips? Um, one from each category, you know, one from being a fit mom, one from being, you know, a woman entrepreneur or a woman, a very successful woman in business. And one from being a top level athlete, what would be one tip? Oh, okay. So for a fit mom life, um, be kind to yourself and do things that are fun. Fun <laughs> okay. mm. is huge. That'll make it all a lot easier. Um, for business, you know, again, make it fun. I think fun is kind of the center of all this, mm. but you really gotta, you know, um, get out of your like you say, break the habit of being yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Dr. Joe just says it, but like, you know, just um, come from a place of servitude and, you know, how can I help this world? And I think you'll find a lot there. And then as far as being an athlete goes, um, do your freaking sprints. <laughs> <laughs> eat your carbs. Do your sprints, eat your carbs, make fitness, Fun. And you know, and it's interesting is because the underlying, um, one of the key things that plays in all of that is your mindset, mm -hmm. you know, and again, you know, it's everybody, it's, it's tossed out into social media world all the time now, it's your mindset, but I think very few people actually have a concept yeah. of what that means and, you know, and we, we exercise for our health and we eat well for our health and we do training for, our, um, you know, to be a better athlete. Uh, but what are you doing for your mindset? You know, how are you practicing that and implementing things in your life that are really going to strengthen that? Because that really does ripple over in, into all the things. And so if there's one last piece of advice that you can give to anybody um, that's listening or watching today that's struggling in any type of area in terms of confidence, what would you say? Oh. Well, you need to go stand in the mirror 
look at yourself in the eye and say, I am enough and I love myself and do it every day until you believe it. Once wow. you believe it, then great things happen. I love it. Awesome. Thank you again so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, if you guys have any questions or, you know, you want to talk to more about marketing tips, um, if you're interested in Girls on Fire, like I said, you know, being a part of that, you know, being a part of the brand and growing or coming, if you're local, you know, again, feel free to reach out. I'll put all the contact information below. I will be sponsoring one local girl to be able to come in free of charge as soon as we are up and able and running to go again. So like, share, comment, all the fun stuff onto this post, whether you're watching or listening on audio. Thanks and have a great day. Epic. My bum was falling asleep. <laughs>